Sometime, look at a novice workman or a bad workman and compare his expression with that of a craftsman whose work you know is excellent and you'll see the difference. The craftsman isn't ever following a single line of instruction. He's making decisions as he goes along. For that reason, he'll be absorbed and attentive to what he's doing even though he doesn't deliberately contrive this. His motions and the machine are in a kind of harmony. He isn't following any set of written instructions because the nature of the material at hand determines his thoughts and motions, which simultaneously change the nature of the material at hand. The material and his thoughts are changing together in a progression of changes until his mind's at rest, at the same time the material's right. Robert M. Persig, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Welcome to Under Exposure Episode 2, a podcast for creatives by creatives, hosted by Ian Harrington, Manny Aqua, and me, Carrie Helton. That was an awesome, awesome excerpt from the book Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Persig, a book that explores quality and mastery and the metaphysical and how all of these things come together to make someone a, a master in their field and a producer of quality things. Awesome read. Um, it actually correlates directly to what we want to talk about today, which is the journey from amateur to pro and how, you know, how we know when we're one or the other or how the world judges us as one or the other. Uh, where are the lines between the two? And in order to know which applies to us or which we fall under, we, we first have to kind of define those two. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, one that was a really great quote. Uh, it, it definitely is something we'll come back to later, but like, like Carrie's saying in this episode, we're looking to cover these concepts of amateur and professional, uh, not just in our fields in the, individually, but also um, just uh, overall. Um, and to do that, the, the best way is probably to, to identify the direct definitions of either of those terms. So amateur, one who engages in a pursuit, study, science, or sport as a pastime rather than as a profession. It seconds that by saying also one lacking in experience and competence in an art or science. Uh, professional, uh, I'm just going to do one, and that is participating for gain or livelihood in an activity or field of endeavor often engaged in by amateurs. I, I think those definitions are really nice in that they, one, relate to each other and directly uh, say each other's uh, or state each other's uh, verbiage in the in the same definition or either definition. So they're 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 interconnected, right? Um, amateur and professional, and I, I think that's a really um, good thing to realize throughout this uh, podcast too. Is we're we're not trying to detriment the concept of amateur because we've all been amateurs. There's probably a lot of you listeners out there that are amateurs or even consider yourself amateur and vice versa as a professional um, in your world. 
and um, the, what we're looking to do individually uh, as well as together in this podcast is kind of go through what we consider either of those definitions to be within um, or actually just overall, right? Like we're, 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 I don't think we're going to segment it out very quickly. Let, let, let's, let's start talking about the characteristics of either of those and then, you know, get into um, each of our, our worlds maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's basically what separates the amateurs from the pros, right? And I think it's, it's all in the mindset. Uh, for example, uh, a first thing that an amateur might, might encounter is that they stop at their first achievement. Why? Because they felt that they did something great. You took your first photo, you did something um, wonderful, and, and you put it in, into the world. Wow, I, you know? But after a, a professional, the, the, the way that a professional would see that, instead of stopping there and, and say, hey, you know what, I, that was my, my great advantage, my, my great achievement. The, a professional understands business. It's an, a door opening. It's an opportunity. It, it's it's recognizing that you're doing something right. You got to move forward, keep going, and and don't just stop there and say, "Hey, I'm the champ," you know. Yeah, and you know, to your point, Manny, I think one of the things because it, it's not just amateur versus pro, right? It's the it's the journey from amateur to pro. And to your point, if you make something great and you stop there and don't continue down the path of you know producing cool things then you are stopping on your path to you know professionalism or a, a greater understanding of your craft you're you're stopping so i think what's important to identify is that you need to keep a learning mindset you know that kind of growth learning drive behind your work to continue down the path because if if at any point you you make something great and you stop and then walk away from it. Um, I you know I doubt there's any real passion behind that or real any real love for the craft because, um, like you said, that's that's a door that opens if you if you've worked towards something, made a great finished product, and don't see that there's nothing but upside ahead, then chances are your heart's not in that particular game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Manny. In the sense of how, how could you possibly become professional in something that you aren't going to continuously improve on? Uh, I think the greatest professionals are those that are of that mindset as well, forever, forever learning, and especially in media or uh, anything of of that digital realm. Like we live in this digital world now, and things are constantly changing so if you expect to become of a professional caliber in the digital creative space be prepared to learn constant constantly cameras are changing mediums are changing uh god social media is a would be a really good example of that um i think not just um not just as far as like be be prepared to 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 adapt to all those changes, but also be prepared to, to receive feedback, you know, because feedback, man, as an amateur, I've been there, you know, sometimes you would take it personal, man, like, man, I don't know, like, just the mentality of, of an amateur is taking feedback as a personal 
criticism, you know, but as a professional, you understand that criticism is used to strengthen those weaknesses from for for the betterment, as we're all saying, you know, to switching that mindset. And many something else comes to mind, too, is that when you're when you're an amateur, lots of times you're working solo. And when you're a professional, you're working amongst other professionals. And to your point, yeah, hundred percent. And to your point, you have to be able to respect the fact that there are people with expertise in their fields surrounding you that are giving their professional input. So it would be beneficial to you and to your work really to, to not only hear them out, but to take that criticism and be proactive about it, you know, and actually implement the changes that they're telling you because they're professionals too. They're and telling they, you for a reason, right? They, 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 they know, know what they're talking about. Right. right. So that could, that could be the bridge between what you think is good or great work and really, you know, make it professional grade or, uh, you know, marketable, right. Or, or commercial grade. Um, so, so that, and th these are just some of the, where we've identified a few characteristics now that seem to be prevalent in, in amateurs versus professionals, right? Um, having limited knowledge uh, in a in a certain field or in your field, um, uh, taking you know being able to take and implement criticism, that that's a hard thing to do, especially for somebody like uh, me who has a an ego, you know, right? Or we we all, yeah, have, every every everybody does. All, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like letting down that barrier mm -hmm. to to be receptive. Right. And especially when it comes to creative work, you know, I know we all kind of look at our own work that way where it's like, well, this is this is kind of my baby, you know, and you're kind of taking a shit on it right now. And, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, detach from that a little bit and be like, OK, what this person is saying to me is actually credible and could affect the work in a positive way. Right. So right. I need to accept that criticism and implement it. Well, um, but we're again, also saying. Yeah, go, sorry, sorry to interrupt. But we're also saying like, don't don't be gullible at the fact like that. Whatever everything everyone is telling you, like, don't just accept everything, right? Like, mm -hmm. be, be well. I think be, that yeah, that leads to a point that I I made too. It's it, it's kind of like this fine fine balance of like confidence. Like the you you are a, you're a team player, but from what I think Manny's also saying is you're also confident in your skills right. as well as the people's skill sets that surround you because at that point you are now utilizing not only your set of skills but everybody's skills on the playing field and that is also a, a huge i think professional characteristic and and is just um humbleness in the sense of what i what i just said um you, you will uh greatly improve your product by utilizing other people's skill sets mm -hmm. and if you're able to do that i think you'll also climb that ladder or fulfill that path from amateur to professional a little bit faster mm -hmm. because that's just that's just teamwork teamwork is is natural to us as as human beings i think and in the creative space to some extent it, it's pretty essential mm -hmm. there there are always haters out there and and that's that's a fact right like we can't uh magically click a button like the easy button and say boom there goes all the all the haters they're gone no so we 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 also have to 
learn to to accept some to digest it and and take for the, for what it's worth but also learn how to move past it and don't don't quit at failure don't tend to quit at failure a lot of amateurs just weren't able to achieve um, a certain design a certain photo a certain project a video project whatever and and kind of like drop things off and and put all the weight on their shoulders understand that to to get to a professional you have to be consistent you have to fall you have to get up you have to scrape your knees you know you have to get through these this roller coaster of of emotions and and yes hate these lows to to get you to move on to to these highs something something i want to uh say before i forget because i will is that <laughs> you you also you also have to be able to defend your work right is i think what what we were saying a second ago where obviously taking criticism kind of with a grain of salt and giving it honest consideration and then implementing it if it's if it makes sense but also being able having first i guess first of all having the expertise to be able to justify your own work uh, and then being able to communicate that intelligently to the professionals that you're working with so not not just being like well i really really like this idea i you know i love this color palette or you know this transition or anything like that but being able to articulate the reasons why either the way you had it are superior or the different needs that your process met that this other process doesn't right so accepting criticism but also having the expertise to be able to justify your own work i think is super important well to fill in uh, in the sense of i know we already touched on expertise but it it really is kind of like the foundation of the path that you're already setting on from amateur to professional there's all we're going to go through and, and have a lot of these characteristics but it relates back to the quote that we read at the beginning when you are at a level of expertise in your field you can do things naturally you don't have to think about what the camera is doing because you act in it's harmony a, it's an extension of your body it's, it's an extension of your mind and like relating to what Carrie's saying too is when you're working with other people and you're an ex expert or professional however you want to lay or expertise in your field you're they're almost an extension of you then because you know so much about your field that you kind of have a feeling of what their capabilities are it's this nice cohesive way of of working and you're you're not just talking out of your your ass you're you're, you're actually saying things that are that have truth and when you For have that sure. the, it, it shows especially if you're bringing that person onto the project you know Ian, you already know that that person has a certain skill maybe where where you're not as strong at and that's why you're bringing that person on and whatever that type of feedback might he or she might bring at that moment you know it's going to be valuable why because you already did you already did that research of networking with this person knowing what they're good at and that you're you're right. bringing him to the project to get this bigger picture done right Ooh, i got one i got one go for it <laughs> so that <laughs> i got i got like excited while you were talking about that manny i was like watching you you too carrie you're, you're just sitting there and i was like i i know he's just writing <laughs> i got it <laughs> well it, it it 
you know, I had this little revelation, right? There's an expectation. And this has, this has a huge part to play in the conversation of professional versus amateur. As a professional, there's an expectation that if you get brought onto a project or if you get hired by a client, that you are going to produce a certain level of work in a certain amount of time, you know, with a certain level of efficiency. And, and that expectation really has nothing to do with you or where you're at as a, as a you know, creative or as an expert in your field, it has to do with their expectation of what a professional in your field does. So, so that's a question to ask yourself. Where do I, where do I stack up to that expectation? Um, if, if I'm a, if I'm a DP or if I'm a product photographer and I show up on, on set tomorrow, what are the expe- expectations going to be of me as a professional um, to produce once I'm there? Totally. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. And the, those expectations are, are set not just at random either. Like right. this, is the, this is the world talking back to you and mm-hmm. saying like, if you want to be on this caliber of work, you do have to fulfill some guidelines of skill level. Uh, let, let's just be realistic. You have to know things about your world that to a degree that that make it viable for you to be paid. And, and that is what we're talking about too. This, this definition of professional is, what's it say again? It, it's um, uh, for gain or livelihood. That, that means money. That means you're getting paid. Right. So if someone's gonna give you something you, you're right, you have to bring that expertise with you and they already have that in their mind. So go out there and, and find what, who, who is already getting paid for the work that you like and mm-hmm. like you should try to strive for that expertise. You're right, that's a really easy way of just justifying Bro, this, this, this concept. You bring on such a good point, like go out there and find someone you like or is doing work that appeals to what you want to do that i did that man and i'm gonna tell you i I, i'm I'm gonna be real like i i was i was going to the art institute and i i was feeling like i needed a little more you know i wanted i wanted to really be diving in i wanted to be on a production set i knew there was a studio available i knew i had the tools and the resources and i was making good use of them i'm not gonna lie but I wanted more. I was hungry for more. So that it's it was also that you know what? Let me let me look for more. And I went to go knock on multiple studio doors. I went to go. I, I researched first a lot of um, photographers here in San Diego that were doing work that you know had advanced lighting concepts that were doing um, showing mastery at their at their craft. It was it was more of like who's doing the things that I I want to eventually do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So after doing my research and making a ton of phone calls, man, I, 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 Nick Naka, man, he taught me to be a stalker, man. Like, to be honest, like, but, but in a, but in a good way, you know what I mean? Like, Popping out of bushes and shit. Yeah, I was like, hey, yo, let me get in that studio, Nick. Hey, put me in the studio. No, for reals, man. I, I, I called so many times. I, I probably, he probably felt bad after a while, you know, like, hey, I gotta, I probably gotta answer the call for this guy, poor, poor, poor dude, you know, I, I ain't, I'm not getting him in a chance, but it was my hunger, my, my determination to get there. I eventually get it, got 
an open door, open situation, but I showed interest. I showed that drive, that hunger, but it was, it was more of like, let me research who I want to, to, to bump shoulders with and, and learn from man, because these people are doing it out there. They're doing it the way that, you know, you envision, you want, you dream, dream big, man. And, and, and just get there, get it. Manny, from that experience, I'm curious to know what was, what was Nick doing that you saw that you were like, that's a, that's a professional, like that's the dude, like what, what was he in, in his operation though, not just his work, but like, what was he doing at his studio that you after, were like, after I like, I started like, he opened right. the doors and yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So boo, what was not he doing? Like, what wasn't he doing, man? He, from from everything from tying cables properly to being mm. super organized to having pre-planning of a shoot that was going to be done the next day or the next couple of days. Everything from I started learning things that I wasn't learning at school, but because I was diving, I was diving right into like the bread and butter, the butter cutter, you know, like all that right. good stuff. I was like, man, there's definitely a process which is pre-planning, pre-production, the way to talk to clients, um, the way that the studio was cleaned. You know, I, I, he showed me organizational techniques that I, I didn't think about before, um, right. ways to take care of your gear and just even ways that I didn't know were possible of taking photos of products. I was right. like, man, this guy is taking the advanced lighting concepts like we really just shot this with one stroke player, like right. for real. So, so, so you touched on two, you touched on two things, Manny, that I think are super fascinating. And one is uh, that there is kind of there are indicators of professionalism, mm -hmm. uh, things like organization, uh, planning, procedures, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And then you also mentioned he showed you kind of like. Uh, you know, so, some of his own secrets, which is like breaking the mold. Yeah, I, I would call it proprietary, right? Oh, it's like definitely. my it's like my thing. I haven't really shared it with a bunch of people, but it, I have I get a lot of success with it. Um, and you, you touch on a point, man, that amateur thinks of it as his baby and doesn't want to share it. Right. But the pro, as Nick Naka did in that day, um, those days, he, he was sharing this information. He was um, sharing his wisdom, you know, showing me the way to, to maybe inspire me to do. And man, such an inspiration, man. I give him a lot of props to what I am today and, and the open doors that it brought me afterwards, man. Shout out Nick Naka, man. That's dope. Um, the true but... G of product photography. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that like what you're saying too, Manny and, and Carrie is the, the organization at, I, I want to go as far as like labeling that as process. Yeah. Like a, a professional has process. It's the disciplinary that, actions. Right. And it, and that then can be dissected into more subcategories of the process, which could be organization, efficiency. Those are things that allow you to create a measurable, a measurable method of looking at yourself and your creative abilities mm -hmm. because like anything that's going to be professional and then in that sense let's say profitable and a business mindset it needs to be measurable right your your skills you need to be able to monitor how your skill is growing and that comes again from i think this 
concept of process or organization. Are you able to, and, and that's not just uh, things that are digital and by process, I don't mean like keeping really good Excel spreadsheets on things like that. It, it's, it's like tying cables correctly. Uh, this sense of efficiency safety. on set, safety. Like these are things that once you get a knack for them, you're on the right path of becoming professional because the professionals all, all use that same level of process it's to like a degree. It's like the subconscious just, Bible, you know? Yeah, and, and like Carrie was saying too, like Nick let you in to view his process a little bit and you get a little bit and then that becomes a little bit part of your process. So it's, um, I, I definitely think that's something that separates the amateur from professional. And to take it even a le uh, another level deeper, why, why, are those, why are those things in place for the professional, right? Why have processes and all that stuff? It's to protect the business side of being a professional right it's it's to make sure your equipment is stored and kept and you know used in a proper way because you're not trying to buy new equipment tomorrow you know mm -hmm. or right. so there there's a lot of that has to do i think with the livelihood side of it too which is you know these processes and procedures need to be in place to protect the, the livelihood side of it and make sure that that is an efficient process that we can repeat, you know, and continue to, to, to make money from. So it's really, it's really just putting structure onto the existing, you know, creative model or whatever. Um, but, but doing, doing so in a way where you can continue to work and, and continue to mitigate against damage or loss or whatever um and and continue to, to make money off your craft right yeah as you continue to do those things i feel if you wouldn't Im implement these practices within your professional career or from the amateur transition even as an amateur you know starting to do these little things that you know rolling cables properly just keeping yourself organized you're investing in yourself you're investing also in the way that you will go about doing these things because why because i mean we're we're pros here also we're telling we're telling you guys this from from first hand perspective you know this is something that is being done and and we can't stress enough how important it is to to really do these things on a small scale it's almost like the compound effect you know the, the small get good steps. at the little things exactly get good at the little things and you will be great at those big things man yeah, I think that's a, a really good point, Manny, in the sense of organization being key, again, to not just your inner process, but also for gaining recognition from a client. When you're bidding out, when you're mid, pro the, the entire process of, of working with a client is circling around your organizational skills, not just your creative skills. To fulfill that goal, you need to have things in place. You know, whatever. If we're talking about filmmaking, like there's production schedules, things of that nature. And if you're not familiar with that, you will not seem professional, and then also not check off that box of professionalism of fulfilling uh, a sustainable lifestyle because you won't get paid. Um, right. So uh, I think that's. Um, you know, again, just to harp on organization and process, 
it's it's very key before you even touch a camera or you know maybe you have you're an amazing creative but to be get professional you got to develop these other skills uh that aren't that difficult but they take time and you know you know what else it takes ian what's that discipline, discipline. i heard man i heard manny say it a second ago and i was like <laughs> yes. yes so yeah so you know there's uh i saw some like you cheesy will be disciplined <laughs> yeah <laughs> get your shirt together. i mean discipline so, that, that helped so, that helped a lot you have so, prior military experience with disciplines like oh 100 you know what i mean yeah so we we had like uh like we called them ditties, right? They were like short, like cadence songs almost. And we had to like, and they were all about discipline, <laughs> like every one of them. No, but uh, the, you know, I saw this cheesy Instagram quote tile the other day that was like, uh, it was like, uh, motivation is for amateurs. Discipline is for, for professionals or something like that. And I was like that, I was like, yo, that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, it's, it's that, you know, man, that's a little technical issue Ugh. my uh, headphones tried to attack me it's cool though <laughs> i was prepared so You're a professional <laughs> discipline i'm a professional i'm ready for that uh, right. so so yeah the but the the but yeah so the the you know motivation being for amateurs discipline being for professionals it's like to and to your point in we have to be disciplined about keeping those procedures and processes you know, front of mind, making sure we're hitting our checklists, you know, gear lists, all those things. Um, otherwise, you know, th those things slip. And when they start slipping, you can't be counted on, uh, you know, by a client, by the other professionals you're working with. Uh, and that's not acceptable as a professional, right? So there's this, there's this level of professionalism um, that requires us to be disciplined about the, the processes and procedures we have in place. And that's going to be one of those uh, delineations between a professional and an amateur. If you're not, if you're not doing those, you may want to look at your circumstance, your situation, your business, if that's what you have and consider, you know, putting some of those in place. Motivate yourself for the short term, get disciplined yourself for the long run. Yeah, and and that's a great way to look at it. You know, the the motivation is is for short term. It's you know, it's doesn't it's last to, long, right? To a goal, you know, to just right. to yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You will lose it eventually, right? Yeah, but if you don't it, if you don't have that set routine, that yeah. that set um, structure put in place, and, and what happens when it's not there? You know, what happens what. When, when you need that burst and you're at the goal line and you've got to get this thing across it and the mm -hmm. motivation isn't there, you know, you have to be able to depend on your processes. You ha That's exactly what happens, bro. The big, the big sad. The big yeah. sad that like, that's so true. Like no matter how skilled you are, there have been so many times where I've been running behind. I mean, shit, we were just talking about this today where I'm just like setting up <laughs> stuff like last minute. I'm like, holy shit, this is barely get, like coming together. Not saying that it happens all the time, people, but it does, <laughs> it does happen. It does, it does happen. And the thing that you can count on is that, oh, I do know that there's four chords in this bag. Mm -hmm. I, I for sure know that this light is right there. And I also know what it's gonna do. And mm -hmm. if you have those things in order, 
you have, like we're saying, this more ability to not fuck up, but like you just have flexibility on mm -hmm. on whatever you're doing. Like you can fall back and be like, well, I know my process got me. I may have blown the skill part a little bit today, but my, <laughs> my, my, my process is going to get me through that coupled with the motivation. And those things always happen at the worst time. You know, totally, it, 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 it's it's always that apex point of shit is about to hit the fan. And if I don't do something about it right now, we're going to have an issue that will cost this whole, whole job. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so being able to instantaneously and, and simultaneously right pull from those little recesses of knowledge in your, your brain. Sleep. Right. That, that are rooted in your process gives you the flexibility, gives you the freedom to be able to produce a solution like that and, and save the day kind of. And then everybody yeah. looks at you like, oh, and you're like, yes. Yeah. yeah. It, comes, <laughs> it was just this one point, chord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Found it. <Ta> -da! <laughs> oh, thank God. It, it comes down to the point, guys. It comes down to the point of like the amateur viewing the practice as like playtime, right? when professionals actually see practice as a real life scenario and it's now subconsciously in you embedded to actually be in an apex point and be like Ta -da! i got right, you right and and that that's that's another thing we have to consider is it's not again it they pointed each other. It's not just at how the world views you or how the client views you. It's how you view yourself. Are right. you do you have the level of professionalism that demands that you treat practice like a game? You know, like when you show up to test a new piece of gear or something like that, are you know, are you make are you making it challenging? You know, are you putting pressure on yourself? You know, are you putting process in place for that? Um, and and that's something we have to consider. How do we view ourselves? Do you do you view yourself as an amateur? If so, why? You know, do you right. view yourself as a professional? What makes you think that way? Is it is it because of your discipline and processes and things like that? So super important to consider. And and For that sure, and that again that brings us back to the the going down the path to professionalism, right? Identifying those some of the indicators that are like, well, maybe I could tighten that up, you know, and that would help me more down the line as a professional, um, and, and continuing to cruise down the path to professional, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that's a really nice place to transition because we've we've talked about um, the the characteristics of professional uh, as well as amateur. Like I think that's it, it's pretty clear, and maybe we'll create something that outlines that specifically from our perspective. Um, For sure. And what those characteristics lead to is the path. There is like the hero's path that you go through to transition from amateur to professional. And that path varies so much so between each individual, what field they're in. And it's, it's really good to recognize, I think, that this path, while it has these very similar, similar characteristics, um, they'll be very different for you they'll be very, they were very different for all of us. Um, so don't, don't try to seclude yourself to thinking that there is only one path to being a good DP. There is only one good path to doing this. There, there, that is just not true. There, there are, there are similarities to our paths and professionalism, but 
just like there is professionalism throughout all the grades of of uh, of the world, like there are very many different paths for. Um, and a lot of distractors that take you away from those paths, right. et cetera. So it's learning to overcome those challenges. Like, I mean, I, I lost track of my path for a little bit for before before I really honed back into um, getting back on route, you know, towards that formal path, um, which was uh, through the Art Institute, formal education, institutional, you know, but there's always this this uh, school and street smarts, you know, finding the balance. Wh what are the pros and what are the cons? There, there's there's pros for both sides, you know. There, there's not like you're saying. There's not the 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 only this way, you know. That it you adapt, and everyone's different. That's the beauty of life as well. Everyone learns differently. Everyone has different ways of doing things. And what's a good fit for you, right? You yeah. Know, right. How how do you, how do you learn? I I. I hate that nobody ever asked me that question when I was growing up. You know what I mean? Nobody was ever like, "Hey, dude, like, how how do you learn best? Like, what you?" No, nobody gave a shit, right? It was always like, "No, this True. is the stuff. Do the stuff. Learn the stuff." And it's like, uh, I had I had trouble, you know, with formal education gr growing up. It was, um, I, I liked to do things a certain way and that was not the same format that the information was coming to me as mm -hmm. you know and if you're if you're somebody who you know does super well in a classroom learning environment um you know and and that way works best for you then that's probably the best route for you right especially if it's going to save you time and hardship and you know all these other things uh if you're a, a hands-on throw me to the sharks type of learner where you need to get into it and put your hands on it and get your eye behind the viewfinder or whatever maybe maybe you learn that way and supplement with some formal classroom education or something like that at the end of the day to your point manny i think it comes down to you know what solution is best for you because the destination is still the same it's to be a professional in your field right yeah but um but the route you choose to take is kind of based on preference. And you will need knowledge. Like that's like also the ultimate point, right? You, 100%. You, you, won't, <laughs> you won't get there just by, oh, look, I grabbed a camera. I'm a pro. No, because. Right. Yeah. It, it, and it's a finite amount. Like it's, it's a, a finite field of information too. There are things about a camera that do not change that you will need to know, you know, mm -hmm. in order to get a good final product. Um, right you know, same in video and same in design software and stuff like that. That information doesn't change. You have to get that knowledge into your brain somehow. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, but the, the way you do it, you know, I think that is that's a really powerful, like, again, another identifier of like professional to amateur, a, a professional recognizes just the fact that there are many different paths and can utilize that concept in itself of seeing that well there's this path that is institutional and that may have its advantages but there's also the go get it on your own street smart path and that too has its advantages and disadvantages a, a true professional can almost take both paths and utilize yeah. what he needs from both and make the best out of both those worlds um because you know, people are gonna feed you a lot of shit that there's there's this one path and um, I it sucks because I, I feel like probably a lot of creatives have 
suffered from that and lost a lot of time in yeah. trying to pursue a certain way that somebody told them like you know best like you said mm -hmm. Carrie. like if you if you can retain you the information then that's the way and, and and if that's on your own go that way if it's through a a guide a teacher or a program then go that way if you can do both that that works too but you have to apply the other things we're talking about too which which is the the discipline to to stay the course because if you are a hands-on you know uh, street experience type of learner um, if you don't apply the discipline needed to get the information then you may you may be more inclined to kind of veer off that path and get distracted like Manny was saying a minute ago you might get caught up in one of the distractions because you've got no real obligation to a degree or a class schedule or anything like that right and so and just to add to your point right there like my distractor was like now realizing it wasn't really a distractor it was something that was going to be my stepping stool it was it was retail world scenarios where i was having one-on-one -on -one customer service interactions and every day practicing t-charts and how to sell how to change someone from a certain company to your company and it was you know all the people skills all this like street sales, you know, scenarios where you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and bro, it helped me so much now, like realizing it, it's like, I was in that job because of a reason, you know, it helped me build and strengthen my communication skills, all the other aspects that I was lacking on in that moment in life to come to the table or come to the or just dive into this subject matter with a with more of the an coliseum and, and show up to the with your shield just and your like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly ready like sure. kick ass like through doors and shit but i was i was ready and it was part of like the three four years of of retail like detour that i was thinking oh, i'm wasting my life i kind of was but it was like not necessarily view it as a negative thing and that's what that's what my i want my point to be it's like don't view your day job as a shitty thing in life you know this is a stepping stool for you to become a greater person and strive for that and you're next getting step. you're getting paid to learn those skills you're getting paid to learn the skills you'll need to propel your business forward in the future somebody is giving you money to sit there and learn not only not only because here's the thing there's knowledge and then there's experience and you need both you got to yep. have you you have to have both and you have to get them both somehow you can get the knowledge from the streets or you can get it from the school you can get the experience from you know otj training like you did with nick naka or you can start taking really really cheap projects that are in your field and and sharpen your teeth that way but you have to have both somebody was paying you at that point in time to get the skills and the experience simultaneously for as as ancillary skill sets that you'll need now or down the line uh, right. to you know to facilitate your business yeah and I, I think even those moments where you're not necessarily getting paid I, I was listening to a podcast even today by Roger Deakins uh, you know great amazing cinematographer and he had a question on his podcast and the concept of how did you learn lighting and and, and he laughed he, he laughed at it because that when you're talking about and this may vary from different profession to different profession he he said that he was learning that his entire life 
he remembers fishing when he was a kid and just you would wake up really early and he would go and watch the water and the light change as the sun came up your your life is your experience and i i think you really have to to realize that in terms of professionality to amateur you utilize every aspect of what you can of your your life how you how you see light if you're if you're yeah if, if you're a photographer like go out and and shoot things and and do things beyond getting paid recognize the light change in in the sky and 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 remember those things because your path will include these moments that are in jobs and you will be getting paid for them like Manny's saying and those build up the user experience but if you're in the creative world you're there because your mind is different like you're not a, you're not an analytical person and that that's also part of your path so you know that's it goes back to that growth and learning mindset i think too you know it it, it and it's about it's about what we were all talking about you know over the past couple minutes which is you know T learning from your experience life-wide right all, all through your life uh learning through your experience but also taking something that you may currently view in a negative light like a job that you're not pumped to be at and recognizing that there is inherent value in the skills that you are developing while you're there right knowing that you'll you'll be able to use these critical skills down the line um in, in your business and you know whatever your future endeavor is um so yeah it, it's it's all about that you know always be learning always be growing um always be testing you know that that it's type like of that mentality. abc sales mentality always be closing but yeah <laughs> yeah right, you translated bro. it always have yeah. discipline abc babies <laughs> show up to the coliseum of life oh man it's all great sure. points though it, it makes sense man yeah yeah and then, yeah. You, and then how do you you know how do you know when you're ready to make the leap right how do how do you know when you're ready to go from yeah, go for say you you do consider yourself an amateur. You don't currently make a livelihood off of you know your craft, and you don't have these procedures and processes in place. What now? You know how how do I know when I'm ready to make that transition? And and just like the path you took to get to professional, the transition is going to be different for everybody, right? Because we 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 all have certain variables to account for in our lives that make it different than you know it is for anybody else right in my case i i had a mentor you know that helped me with a very important transition you know to recognize those like you mentioned processes and all that good stuff so for me there i had a mentor to back that up um as well as the institution as well as the the hunger to just be you know like Hey, let me work. Like, what's up? I want to learn. I want to. I want to be there. And 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 it was it was receptive. You know, that it was received that way. So, for me, for me, that was one of the routes, right? But as you mentioned, it could be different for everyone. And you had that kind of drive to work for free. Uh, yeah. I can't. I can't imagine the kind of drive you had to get paid. <laughs> you <Right. know? laughs> uh, Ian, what what were the roots, man? Like, where what did your transition look like? Yeah, um, 
Well, when I first was starting, uh, and you know, I'm I'm still currently a, a independent uh, cinematographer, but when I you know when I was first starting independently, that was just going out and and really taking any job taking any job I could. And I, I think that really helped me fulfill my experience lane very quickly. And also it helped me become very versatile and, and also learn that business aspect. Like I was not only just shooting, I was dealing with the client directly and getting paid. So I, I think that was um, a really valuable method of, of, of first transitioning, I, I wouldn't even say to professional level, but like that semi-grade amateur, right? Like yeah, that's why like, I said like a pro mindset, you know? Yeah, like, like just starting start to understanding. get, just starting to first form the process and then right. always, you know, always just shooting on, on my downtime. I, you know, with filmmaking, there's, it, it it's a really interesting career I'd say now more than ever because of just digital enhancement, et cetera. Like before, like you were either in film school or that was pretty much it, you know? <laughs> like you, right. you, you, you had to go through that criterion to even shoot independently. And now that's just not true. Like you can, yep. you can do everything on your own. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did have the institutional background, but when I, started out again like I said I I, I kind of did my own thing um, but then also realized that I needed to hone in my skills on on that sense and that larger scaled projects would expect me to have the knowledge of the film school things I learned and right. always trying to keep up to date with that because that was changing mm -hmm. so I mean quite quite honestly I mean I and I think this is another asset. I, I'm definitely a pessimistic person in general. I, I don't think I'm quite yet. I make money in the sense of professionalism to support my lifestyle. I'm not yet a master in any sense. And that's, I, again, always um, is, is on my mind of keeping the professionalism upfront to sustain my life, but mm -hmm trying to achieve that mastery of the art form is is top of mind for me yeah. so being humble bro like that's definitely like like being humble is what you just said you know like yeah. I, I still i'm not a master and i agree i myself i do not view myself as the top <laughs> fucking dog I, at photography i totally tell people you you two are masters though because <laughs> <laughs> in my mind in my mind you kind of you kind of are and I appreciate all the humility and, yeah. and all the all the humble stuff, but uh, you guys are both um, masterful, if not masters, uh, at, it, at your craft. And it, it, yeah, it's still just like a real pleasure, like for me, like it's an honor, really, to, to work with you guys on yeah. stuff. So I, I just want to go oh, ahead and put man. that out there. You humble you made, bastards. You made me blush, man. Heart emoji. <laughs> yeah, for you made sure. me blush, man. But I think that's another great, again, just characteristic too of like the, I mean, maybe not the professional because that's well, the, in the sense of the business it's a aspect. Human, human dream. Yeah, just being able to recognize that, like Manny and I are saying, like Carrie revering us in a, a, a higher light of mastery. Like Manny and I, I'm sure, have our own individuals that we're 
also thinking are like, man, that guy's a master. And then that guy's like, bro, I'm, fuck, I'm right. barely even trying. <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> you know? I'm barely even trying. Right? It, it's all about perspective and, and, yeah, keep, and keeping exactly. that perspective that we're all on the same path. We're all eventually trying to transition in the sense of like making more money, living a sustainable life. Um, and ultimately like cross paths, you know, to get to work yeah. with these people that are freaking amazing at what they do. Like, honestly, that's one of my goals, working with the, the top dogs, like just being part of a project with them, collaboration. I mean, that's part of the whole creative uh, process as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, yep. oh, go ahead, Carrie. Yeah, the, well, take it away, I, well I, yeah, I was just about to ask you, I know that you, you know, you had, um, were in a different field before and oh, then yeah. transitioned drastically to this. I remember when, you were doing that and mm-hmm. like that I think was like an amazing thing to see that you moved from that field to another field from, you know, and, and so quickly too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I think you have a great perspective you should share on, on what that was like. So, yeah, I I was working two jobs when I first got into the creative space. Uh, or back into it, I guess. I've always done graphic design. Uh, at the time, I had a an independent clothing line running. Uh, that's actually where Ian and I met when he was taking whatever jobs he could. <laughs> we we were a small a small clothing line that uh, hired Ian to do our Kickstarter video, which was massively successful. We raised seventeen thousand um, dollars. So in any case, um, I was uh, I had a day job, and then I was working at the bar as a bartender uh, on the weekends and in the evenings and I had to do all that just to save up the money to be able to get kind of an entry level photo video kit to get further into digital media which was where the passion uh, was for me and over the course of about a year training up on you know the the camera equipment and again with the help of these two guys uh, serving as mentors for me I was able to get to a point from a skill perspective and from an experience perspective that I thought I could start taking on clients for this work. Um, and that was only two years ago. So I'm, I am still only two years into this business. Um, but I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to work with some really great brands, multi-million dollar brands, um, great creative, you know, professionals who have shown me just a a ton about, you know, my craft and things that I hadn't even considered about uh, different, uh, you know, different skill sets that play into my craft. In any case, there, to Ian's point, there is no one way to transition. There is no one path to get there. Um, You have to do what works for you and also do everything you can and everything it requires to get there. Um, and again, man, if that if that means taking your ass to the bar on the weekends and working until three in the morning and coming home and then waking up the next day and playing with gear or being a second shooter on somebody else's gig to do that, that's what you got to do to get those skills and get that experience. And that's that was just my personal experience. That's how I did it. Yeah, God, yeah, exactly, right. All that, all that experience too, right? Like it, yeah. it, it's somehow gonna play out in your creative life 
you know, you, you, you can't measure it mm -hmm. now, but, or when it's occurring, but if you look back later, you're like, oh yeah, I, I ended up learning quite a bit from that experience, even though those projects weren't as cool. You know, like if I ever had a problem on set, I would just have Carrie like throw them out. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, bro, I don't fucking, this guy is just a piece of shit. <laughs> Can't hit his lines. Get him the Get fuck him out. out of here. <laughs> happy but happy like to do that, it. I mean, like, but. Yeah. In in my instance, I I didn't meet Carrie in uh in the t-shirt, you know, project, but I the moment I met Carrie, like I I didn't know he was fresh into this industry of like a year or two experience or you know, like it it was natural. I he was he's a go-getter, man. That that's that's why I no no no, it's cuz you you're praising me, bro. I got to praise that, <laughs> that that hunger pack, man. Reciprocate. To be honest, there was never a doubt in my mind that you didn't have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is, you're also the the proof of people that don't necessarily take those other routes. And they, that when they're hungry and they you commit, like you can get there. You will get it. That, that's a huge part of it, Manny. And, and we've covered, we've touched on that a little bit too, which is, you know, commitment, consistency, passion. Like, do you have these things? Do they exist for you when you're operating within your craft um and if if not cultivate those things develop those things you know it add components yeah, to those if, things if you if 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 you lack passion today or right now or something like that or motivation um get get some buddies in a room and get fired up call some you know do what you have to do to get to that next place. Eventually, you can develop the consistency. You can develop that discipline in order to keep the train moving down the track. It's also reaching out to your peers and industry peers. It's like back to episode one, right. reach out. You know, that now on this time, there's the time to do that. The exactly. time to grow, the time to learn, exactly. et cetera. Cultivate those things. So, so yep. that, I mean, that pretty much rounds out the, the discussion for, you know, yeah. amateur, professional, how do you know what you are? How do you get to the the other side? Uh, and I loved how the the dictionary definitions like pointed back at each other. They were like, yeah, they're like professional is doing this in a field of amateurs. You know, amateurs are you know doing this, but without getting paid. You know, I I love the the um, correlation between those two definitions. That's rad. Yeah, I think it just further proves the point. Like, if the dictionary is linking those things together, like they are obviously linked in their their purpose too, right? Like, mm -hmm. to identify they're they're there to help us identify uh, what stage we're at. But when we link back to that quote again that we read off before, that deals more with the concept of mastery. And I, I, I think one of the actual takeaways I would like to leave with is in reference to that. Like while we're, this podcast was about talking about uh, professional amateurs, um, the mastery is when you are at a state of flow and you can do things without even thinking about it. Like that is, that's what you should always be at trying to attain in, in my mindset. You, you can make your life uh, a professional um, statement in the sense of being successful financially um, and sustaining your lifestyle. But what comes with that is mastery. And if you can attain that, 
you're definitely going to be a professional. Like, look, head towards the mastery. Perfection never comes easy, but when you get close to it, it it's so obvious. It, it's so obvious. And, and you might never, and you might not achieve perfection, but if you get sure damn close to it, yeah. you're on the right path. Per- perfection isn't attainable, but and, and that's the whole thing about perfection in real and realistic senses is that you're always then learning. You're always striving harder. You're always motivated to push harder. And I, I think that was such a great quote choice. I, I would highly recommend that book as well um, in, in the sense of just it's a really good read. But just that that sums up the, the story and I, I think is a really powerful statement. Really good quote choice. Adding, definitely, man. Adding to your thought, it's like, don't do not settle for what you know already. Learn more. We can help. And also listen to the Underexposure podcast because we're giving out tips and insights on these topics. You know, this is a platform you can also use to gain that steps towards mastery. I mean, we're not masters as at yet at it, but we're definitely giving out great advice and, and true, honest feedback to what is actually out there. Absolutely. And, you know, on our journey to mastery here, I it, it becomes more and more apparent to me that we as creatives live on this spectrum of mastery, you know, and knowing where you mm-hmm. fall on that spectrum will give you, will be a good indicator uh, of, of whether or not you're ready to make the transition from amateur to professional. Um, if you think you are way, 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 way down on that scale of mastery, then maybe don't quit your day job just yet, <laughs> you know? Don't burn the ships. Go out there, really work on your craft, really hone it, really get sharp, um, and then make the necessary preparations for you to go into a professional space uh, with your creative work, with your creative output. Um, and to to Manny's point, you know, please, uh, if if you like what you hear on the Underexposure podcast, you know, uh, leave a comment, leave a review on the podcast, shoot us a rating. Um, make sure you subscribe. We are really enjoying the process of producing this podcast. We have just awesome conversations leading up to this thing and it's always just super exciting for us. So um, yeah, subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. We, we want to know, yep. we want to know. We're also, yeah, we also want to learn, know, get more insight and also just let us, let us know your thoughts. Give us the inside scoop of what you guys are thinking right now. For sure. So closing thoughts, fellas. I guess, I guess, I, I guess I can, I can touch on a, a little bit of gear, gear wise. You know, you do have a camera, you do have tools. Um, don't, don't lose time comparing your set of tools with others, especially like, hey, you know, I know, I know, Nick Naka has a Fuji hundred megapixel camera that. I obviously, you know, it, you can't compare, but what you can do is invest time in learning on how to master uh, or really be good at what you have and be creative with that tool. You learn how to master your tool first, because I can tell you, I started up with Canon Rebel T3i, um, the T5i's, those that are sold as bundle packs at the Costco. You literally can walk in the first couple aisles, take a right, and there's like, the six to seven hundred dollar camera bundle kit right 
I started off with that. That's a great starting camera where, I mean, it's not the best kit in the world, but it it's put me into the creative space mentality of actually honing honing in on these skills and getting better. If I could do it with this, I could do it with that. Absolutely. Yeah, getting, getting the job done. Um, and yeah, being good with what you have, you know, not necessarily, That's right. um, you know, wanting what you don't because you think it'll make your craft better. Um, right. Ian, uh, did you want to, did you want to throw out a, um, any kind of uh kit recommendation or anything like that for, I I'd say, uh, with, in terms of gear for film production, um, you, like relating back to what Carrie said, the first step, even before getting to the gear is measure out what level you're at. You know, if you're instantly getting into any field, you don't buy the highest level piece of equipment. That that's, that's frankly just disrespectful to the gear. Like if you, <laughs> if, you if you don't know enough <laughs> to, to go through a menu already, don't buy the highest piece of equipment. It, it's on, it's frankly time wasting because all, all the pieces of equipment also have like a, a base, like we were talking about the other day, like if you know menu systems pretty quickly, like there, you'll realize that all menu systems are the same. Like you wanna learn that, that base level of knowledge and, and that is dependent in the, in the scale of professional and amateur, what profession are you looking to get into? Do you wanna be a wedding videographer? Do you wanna be a, a full scale DP? Do you wanna shoot conferences? That will highly dictate what piece of equipment you will get. I, I'd say start there, be organized, um, think about the direction you wanna go and then strike uh, out on the equipment because there's so many resources out there on, on what to learn and, and there's a lot of equipment out there. So don't get hung up on that first and, and you won't regret that buy you have because I went through the process of buying pieces of gear that I, I didn't really need. I, I found out it wasn't versatile for, for the things I do. And I, I somewhat regret that. I, I learned a few things from gear that I don't use any longer, but what I wish I would have done was really pinpointed what I wanted. And I'm at that stage now where if I, if I own a piece of equipment, I know that it's gonna serve all the purposes. It's gonna check all the boxes before it ever enters my, you know, the shopping cart. Arsenal. And, yep. so. and of course, I'm going to jump in on like the designer perspective or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, to kind of um, counter the, the hardware uh, advice and, and guidance that Manny and Ian are giving, I'm a huge proponent of, um, so, you know, being good and being efficient with the software side of things. And I'm a huge proponent of the Adobe Creative Suite. Um, when, I, when I first got into the graphic design side of my craft, back in like, I don't know, it was like late 2009-ish, 2008-2009. Once I got into the Adobe Creative Suite, I started to learn how to translate my pencil to paper art into digital graphic art and that's where i that was the first time i thought i could make money doing this you know and and, and once i got proficient in um adobe illustrator and some of the 
Photoshop, some of the base Adobe software systems, those tools uh, permeate the entire creative suite. So if you if you get really good at you know working with the pen tool in Illustrator, there's there's a pen tool in Premiere Pro, which is the industry standard you know film editing software I use from Adobe. So and I'm not plugging you know any brands here or anything. I'm just telling you who's Adobe Adobe <laughs> Adobe. Adobe. <laughs> I'm just telling you who's the best doing it you know right now from a, a suite perspective, and that's that's who it is. And so in any case, if you get if you get proficient and efficient with the software that you're using, it's gonna save you a ton of time on the back end, which means a quicker turnaround, which means you can finish projects faster and get new clients in the door. In any case, get good with the software, especially if it's uh, something in the Adobe Creative Suite that's a good place to start, and it's also an industry standard um, for final production. Yeah, I think we're all in the same mindset of also learn just learn learn your tools before you go out into there's, into the per It's cuz there's dang touching on touching on programs and stuff like that it's such a wide spectrum, right? Because for example, for photography there's everyone does Lightroom, right? Where there where it's the Adobe suite, but in the commercial world in the actual real world scenarios, they're using Capture One, you know, so it's like there's things that I was learning in school is like now I mentor through the mentor, you know, program that I got myself into by knocking them doors. It was like, hey, they're actually using different tools. And it, I wouldn't have understood that if I wouldn't have dove in, you know, b beforehand. So like Robert Persig said, you know, the the master is uh, the the creative or professional or however you want to view it that can work with the material and his mind simultaneously to achieve the end result that he is truly after and continuing to have a growth mindset continuing to have a, a learning mindset and enforcing self-enforcing the discipline to have processes procedures um, working with other professionals all of these things are going to help you move from amateur to professional but for us for we three creatives the consensus is we want to be masters in our field right we we are professionals because we all make a living doing this you know being creatives um and and doing great work for brands we love we have the opportunity to do this and we're fortunate enough to be able to and to be honest these guys have all worked hard enough to be able to make it their profession. So being an amateur, being a professional, really you can decide that and whether or not you're able to make a living off it decides that, but your mastery is a lifelong pursuit. And it's something we have all committed to uh, at scale, you know, with our profession, but also as creatives um, is becoming masters in our field. And we encourage you to follow on that path as well. And for episode two of Underexposure, this has been awesome. Um, and thank, thank you guys and thanks everyone watching and uh, listening. Um, I'm Kerry Helton. Ian Harrington. And Manny Aqua. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.